You're listening to episode 60 of the Fat Field Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat Field Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marcia Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Thanks so much for pressing play and choosing to hang out with me today. And in today's episode, I'm going to go over five things I wish I knew about nutrition in my 20s that would have saved me so much time, so much energy, so much pain, and uh, yeah, but um, you know what? I can look back at my 20s with so much gratitude because if I didn't go through all of these challenges, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think that's really important to have that, have that, have that lens and have that perspective when you look at your timeline. We all have stuff we go through that is painful, that is hard, that is challenging, that when we're going through it, it really effing sucks. But when you can look back at your timeline, with grace and gratitude and look at it not as failure, but as lessons. And, you know, the harder the stuff we go through, the more of the lessons we truly do experience. So again, the stuff I went through in my 20s with dieting, yeah, it really did suck, but it brought me to where I am today to help, to serve, to inspire, and to prevent other women from making the same mistakes I made. So number one, what I'm going to say is I used to think that because people would tell me this, I get all of all of the nutrients I require from the food I eat. I would I actually did think that. I'm like supplements are BS. <laughs> this was like when I was like 20, 21 when I was in college and when I hadn't gone to nutrition school, which wasn't until I was around I think 25 or 26. But I used to think I get everything that I require from the food I eat. Now first and foremost, what am I referencing that against? Like I wasn't referencing that against anything. And when people say that, I actually am going to do, I think, a podcast episode on the supplements I take and why, and certain supplements you should take and why, because supplements are to support a sound diet. You can't outsmart your body and just take a bunch of supplements and think you're going to, you know, really optimize your health. It's like, you can't just take supplements and you can't just, um, you know, burn the candles on both ends and, you know, not prioritize sleep, not prioritize healthy habits and think you're going to optimize your health. So with that being said, you know, when people say I get everything I require from the from my nutrition, most people don't eat a balanced diet and a balanced diet could mean so many things to so many people. But what I mean by that is a lot of people don't eat enough protein. They don't eat enough high quality fat. And for a lot of women, they don't eat enough food. So when I was like 20, 21, I wasn't a, I was not eating enough protein. Uh, I definitely was not eating enough fat at all because I was 
terrified of fat. I would go for low-fat cottage cheese, low-fat yogurt, powdered peanut butter. Like I would do um, the spray. Uh, was it Pam? I can't remember what I would use, but like I wouldn't eat butter. I wouldn't eat any of that stuff because I thought I'd blow up and gain weight. So yes, point number one is I thought I got everything from my nutrition. And when someone says that, like I've had older people say, well, I get everything like parent, my parents' friends, I get everything I need from the nutrition I eat. And I just say, okay, great. Like if that's your belief and that's what you think, that's what you think. If you're not coming to me for nutritional consulting or coaching, I'm not going to give my two cents. Like I only give advice when I'm out with friends and family if they ask for it, okay? Because everyone has their own own beliefs around nutrition. But when people say that, it actually does irk me because I'm like, okay, well, our what needs support in your body? Because I don't care how healthy you think you are, every single digestive system does require a helping hand. Okay, so it's like, how's your bowel movement? How how often are you going? So many women I've worked with are completely backed up. They're constipated. So it's like, okay, well, how are you going to support that with just your nutrition? Sometimes we need some enzymes, some probiotics, some liver support, some gallbladder support, and you can't get that just with the food you're eating. Also, certain things like if you look at the recommended dietary allowance, which is super outdated, and that's why I want to do an episode on supplements. If you're looking at those reference ranges, that doesn't take into consideration optimal health and it doesn't, it's just like general guidelines. And we're also biochemically unique and different that you may need more vitamin D or you may need more vitamin C or you may need more X, Y, and Z. Okay. So that was one of my biggest mistakes. I thought I got everything I needed from my nutrition and from a macronutrient standpoint, carbs, protein, and fat, I did not have enough protein. I did not have enough fat and I had way too much carbohydrates. Okay. So that is number one. Now, number two is I thought saturated fat was unhealthy. I thought egg yolks were unhealthy and I thought butter was bad and Coke. Well, actually, when I was growing up, coconut oil wasn't a thing, but I would avoid all saturated fat because, I, you know, like what you read on in the news and on the media, they say it's bad for you. And like, why are we taking nutritional advice from the news and the media? Again, younger self didn't really know anything, but I would avoid saturated fat. I would... I I wouldn't eat any of it. And when you understand the biochemistry of your body and you understand how integral saturated fat actually is for for us, animal fat is one of the most nutrient-dense fats you can actually eat. uh, Fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. If you want to bring it back to like grade 11 biology, you have your cell and you have your cell membrane, which is the cell wall. You want a healthy, strong sturdy cell membrane because the cell membrane determines what comes in and out of the cell. And I explain it to my clients and students like this. It's like, if you go to a club, do you want like a really scrawny, skinny bouncer who's like, hey guys, uh, I don't know, cover is like $15. Or do you want a bouncer who's like muscular, pretty fit, he's intimidating, he's like, yo, covers $15. Are you in or are you out? 
And you want that intimidating bouncer because that bouncer is the barrier of if you're letting intoxicated people into the club, overly intoxicated people, if you're letting people who are going to start fights, if you're letting people who are going to steal purses, right? So it's like, we don't want, we want to be able to allow nutrients into the cell and also allow to kick those, if those people do sneak, get into the club, we want to be able to kick those toxins, kick those pathogens, kick stuff out of the cell that isn't serving us. And the integrity of the cell wall is a strong cell wall is derived of saturated fat. Okay. And saturated fat, a lot of those fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. Also, if you want to take it one step further with, you know, grade 11 biology, you have something referred to as the mitochondria in the cell. Think of it as like the power plant of the cell. It makes energy. It makes ATP. It makes ATP, which is referred to as adenosine triphosphate. Not that you really need to know that, but what can happen is we can have something referred to as mitochondria dysfunction. So our power plants, these tiny organelles with inside our cell, stop producing as much ATP. And the beautiful thing when you go into ketosis, when you become fat adapted, when you become a fat-fueled female, you are giving those mitochondria an alternative fuel source, aka fat, opposed to carbohydrates. So you are giving your body a different fuel source and you are amping up your mitochondria ATP production. So let's move on to number three. And I thought cardio was the best way to lose weight. Just calories in, calories out. Get on that Stairmaster, Marsha. And if you knew me, I was that girl who did 40 minutes a day on the stair climber every day, every day. In, and I would run the track in high school. I was like a cardio bunny. I did weights, but it was like I had to get that 40 or 45 minutes in. And as we age, okay, so I would say majority of my listeners and my clients are clients that I work with, clients that I serve and support are between the ages of like 33-ish, mid-30s to like 45, 46, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. So we can all, a lot of my clients can relate to being cardio bunnies. And if you're older, if you're like in your 50s or 60s or 70s listening to this, I love that. And if you're in your 20s, well, you are getting a jump start on your health. And I love that even more for you. But what I was saying is if you are, if you are around the same age as me, you know, a lot of women I've worked with or a lot of friends of mine, we all just did cardio. And as we age around the age of as we hit our 30s we lose we can lose anywhere from like three to eight percent muscle mass per decade so cardio is not going to help build more lean muscle mass cardio is great for our respiratory system for our heart for our lungs to get out in nature and walk and hike but if you want to change your body composition cardio my friends is not going to build nicer shoulders or build nicer uh, build a bigger booty you have to have a load you have to have resistance so cut the cardio if you love doing cardio cut in half add some weights do the weights first because they require more energy and focus and then be smart with doing your cardio, okay? And let's move on to what is number, am I on number four? I think yes, number four. So number four is thinking I just had to eat the lowest amount of calories to lose weight. And I find that women women I work with and I've experienced it, we always think the less food, the better. And 
you know, it really stems from, I think that stems from diet culture, it stems from fad dieting, it stems from the media, it stems from society that we think less is more, less is more, less is more. And what it comes down to is I had so many issues with my gut, with my hormones, with my metabolism, with my relationship with food, uh, with body dysmorphia, because I tried to diet all the time. And I really try to eat 1200 calories all the time and do double workouts that just left me burnt out and so much of my hormones wonky and just kind of a crazy biatch from time to time because I was so undernourished and so and I was under eating for such a long period of my life and if I had just had the education and I really feel like we should teach nutrition in school and we should teach finance in school we should teach like we should teach day-to-day habits and behaviors like you have to eat every day you have to spend money every day. Like these should be fundamental things we learn in school, but we just don't. Okay. So what I where I was going with that is if I just had the education around, hey, you know, we have to look at different aspects of, you know, how much you're exercising, like what your nutrition is made up of, and like when you are eating 1,200 calories and just keeping that your metabolism in starvation mode, you are actually doing a disservice for your body you're slowing everything down and you're affecting so many of your hormones your hunger hormones your cortisol your adrenaline and you know calories are a part of the weight loss story understanding your macros that's something I absolutely do teach my clients in the fat fueled female method but in the second half of it I really teach you about hormones and how it connects everything all together so less food is not always better and I've worked with women over the years that they start eating more and oh my gosh, they start feeling better. It's like, wow, who would have thought? But we're so programmed sometimes to think that less food is always better. And then they start eating more and it can be such a mind it can be it can really mess with your mind because it's like, what? I'm going against kind of everything that I thought I was supposed to do. But I find once women get over that hump, they are like, wow, I never knew I could feel this good eating this much food, eating this much fat. And for some women, when they go through a reverse diet, if you want to learn more about a reverse diet, I think I have an episode called, is it time to rever- to do a reverse diet? Something, something to that effect. The title's like that. I will put the link in the show notes. But once they start eating more, some women start, you know, losing weight. And you know, we know you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Some women, the, the the intention behind a reverse diet is to build your metabolic rate up to an optimal level where it actually should be. But some women, they, they lose weight, right? Some women, they gain a little bit, but it's, you know, it's a very strategic way we do it. It's not like you're going to gain 30 pounds, okay? <laughs> it might be like two, three, four, five pounds, depending where you're at, but we do it in such a strate- strategic way that helps support your body, helps support your hormones, that when you want to go into a calorie deficit, and I teach calorie deficit as fasting, um, and fasting really is a calorie deficit, but once you're fat adapted and you go into a fasting protocol, it's so much easier because you're, you've are you trained your body to run off a different fuel source, and you're working with your biology, not against it, and you're when you fast, you go into ketosis. So once you're fat adapted and you go into fasting, you're just kind of doing what you're already doing, except going deeper into ketosis. So it's, I'm about working with your body and not against it. Okay. And the last thing here I want to talk about is, and I did this all in my teenage years, in my twenties, I would go to my family doctor asking for nutritional advice. And I think back then, 
functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, it just wasn't as popular. It just wasn't. It wasn't holistic health. It wasn't as popular as it is today. And there wasn't like the internet was definitely not as popular as today. There was no Instagram. I only had Facebook growing up. Okay. There was no tickety talks. So, you know, I would go to my family doctor and, um, I actually started losing my hair when I was, I think I was 20 or 21 and it was linking back to, I wasn't eating enough protein. I just wasn't like I was eating maybe two slices of cheese a day, just like completely nutrient void and protein. And I went to my family doctor and I I like to explain it like this. It's like if you're going to your family doctor and asking about nutritional advice, it's like you want Chinese food, but you're going to an Italian restaurant. They may be able to like create something but it ain't going to be Chinese food. Or it's like if you have a motorcycle and you want to get your motorcycle, uh, actually no, if you have a car and there's something wrong with your car and you bring it to a guy who specializes in motorcycles, well, he may be able to fix figure something out, but probably not. Like you want to go to a mechanic who specializes in cars. So I would go to my family doctor and I was losing my hair and I was like, you know, it's kind of, it's sad when you, you know, you don't feel like a female when you're losing your hair when you're like 20, 21. And she's like, yeah, okay, well just go on Rogaine. And I was like, oh, okay. And like super embarrassed. I would go to London Drugs and I would, you know, on my Nokia flip phone, I would pretend I was talking to my sister and I'd be like, hey, Shanna, yeah. So like, what does dad need again? Because Rogaine was behind the, uh, was you had to get it from the pharmacist. It wasn't like on the shelves. And I'd be like, oh, what is it? Yeah. Okay. Rogaine. And I'd get it. And I was on Rogaine for like five or six months. And then when I started doing more of my own research, I'm like, why am I on Rogaine? But it's like, I just took white coat syndrome. I just took what my doctor said at face value, didn't do my own research. And I'm a big proponent of doing your own research. And I'm a big proponent of teaching my clients and students to do their own research. And what I want to say one more thing about this is Western medicine, their paradigm is to diagnose and treat. And thank God we have Western medicine. If I need surgery, if you get in a car accident, if you need some kind of antibiotic or else you will die. Yes, absolutely. Thank goodness we have it. But for prevention and for you know, lifestyle factors for nutrition, for understanding how systems work harmoniously together, you are going to the wrong person for a family doctor because all they will do is, okay, you're in that reference range. We're going to give you medication. That, that's all they'll do, right? So I was going to the wrong place to get my symptoms and what was going on with my body that my body then. And one more thing I want to say, Western medicine, their reference ranges are a lot bigger. They're a lot wider. Whereas like functional medicine, they're a lot tighter. And with functional medicine, they will look at your body as a holistic aspect, as an ecosystem, because that is exactly what it is. It's not just, we're only looking at the pancreas. It's like, okay, well, what about cortisol? Okay. What about gut health? Okay. What about your stress levels? Okay. What about your lifestyle? Okay. What about your diet? Like let's link everything together. And when you link everything together, that is when you get transformation, not just poking at one thing at the body, because our body is not just one element. Our body is a vast beautiful ecosystem. So that is everything. Five things I wish I knew about my nutrition in my 20s. And maybe some of these elements, maybe 
I have changed your perspective on certain things. I hope I have. Or maybe you are a rock star and you're like, I knew all that. And if that is you, I love that for you. So again, thanks for press and play, hanging out. And I will catch all of you beautiful humans next week. Have a beautiful, awesome, amazing rest of your day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you could head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.